1: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. This is a podcast I created to help all of us on this journey we call life. There's a lot that life throws our way, whether good or bad, and there are so many things we just don't understand. So I sit down with people from all over the world with different backgrounds, different talents, different knowledge, and great advice. To help all of us understand life just a little better and apply these tools to our lives to help make us better and happier people on this episode I am very happy to have sat down with Erica Thomas and talk about her success story with intermittent fasting now I ran into her story just randomly on Facebook I saw she has a huge following and she was very vulnerable on her post about her entire journey So I reached out to her and said, this is absolutely perfect for my podcast, and intermittent fasting is something I've done for quite some time, and I even have an episode based on that and what it is and how I do it. So I reached out to her. She gladly accepted, and we really honestly get down to the nitty gritty and the detail of how she lost over 100 pounds in less than two years that's incredible. She looks great. She feels great. And so for anybody who is looking to even just lose a few pounds or change up their eating habits or looking to their diet, this is an awesome, awesome episode. She is such an inspiration. You can learn something from this episode. I promise you that. And we really start from the beginning of how this all began, which started with an eating disorder of anorexia. And what she goes into detail about and how she overcame that. And that led to her putting on weight that she didn't want. And then how that happened and how she got the mindset to just make the big switch and stick with it and lose all that weight. It's honestly incredible. And at the same time, this is being recorded in COVID times. So trust me, I know a lot of us, including myself, have put on unwanted pounds during this time. So This episode and her story can really be an inspiration to you to change up your eating style, your eating habits, and benefit from intermittent fasting. Like I said, this is something I've practiced for quite some time and it's benefited me so I really wanted to get someone who had such a big success story with this on my podcast. And honestly, the great thing about being a podcast host is I get to ask all the questions I want to ask. I want to know what she does to break a fast what she's allowed to have during her fasting window and if she has any cheat days and what are the foods in her pantry you know i know fasting helps with weight loss but obviously you have to eat well too there's a lot about nutrition and what you're putting in your body as erica mentions in this episode she actually started a facebook group just for herself to hold herself accountable And this has grown to well over 7,000 people and still growing every day. She's been an inspiration to not just me now, to so, so many people. So I know there's a lot of people waiting to hear this story. I can't wait to listen to this again, honestly. And I know you're really going to enjoy this. And she's going to inspire so many people. So Erica, keep up the good work. You've obviously done a great job with your health and your life, but you're also affecting so many people. So I love it. This is the type of podcast and conversation I live for. So everybody enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here's Erica Thomas. Erica, how are you doing on this day?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. I was excited to see your message pop up in my uh direct messages and get a chance to chat about this topic.
1: Yeah. So it's funny how some of these podcasts start. Some of them is by word of mouth. Some of them is by someone introducing themselves to me and yours, you popped up on my Facebook feed and I'll be completely honest. I was looking into how that happened and I'm still not sure. Um, So I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw your story, your success story, your journey about intermittent fasting and what it's done and I took a screenshot and I was like, I'm saving this. I'm going to shoot her a message later when I have a moment. And that's when I reached out to you. I said, this would be absolutely perfect for my podcast. Um, I've done an episode on intermittent fasting. It was one of my first episodes. Intermittent fasting is something that I have been doing for about five years now, maybe six, but for about five years. And so to see the success that you've had with it. Obviously it's not just that, it's also diet nutrition and everything else you're doing, which we'll get into. Um, But I'm genuinely curious about your journey with fasting and how you've got to this point where, like, honestly, you look fantastic. You look great. Thank you. You're very welcome. Besides the Nebraska shirt you're wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that, you obviously have come a long way. I know you posted the pictures from before and after it's like, wow, mind blown. Awesome. Good for you. Um, so before we get down that road, let's kind of talk about your journey and how it started and like how you got maybe to a place where you you kind of figured that fasting was the best thing for you. Because I know there's a lot of people just in general, let alone during the pandemic and COVID that are having a rough time with like what they eat, perhaps right. depression. Um, just eating a lot. I just did an episode last week about the fact that I'm home all the time. And I work from home and I'm snacking all the time and I'm just losing. I lost count of what I was eating and how much. And wow, what a, what a difference when you actually start counting what's in front of your face. Um Right.
0: You yeah. Know, it's right down Agreed. the <laughs>
1: Yeah. So you obviously have a great story. So by all means, please take over this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to start.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm so glad that you saw my story randomly pop up in your Facebook feed because honestly, that is what I want to hear. Because the vulnerability of me putting out my story to, you know, really thousands of strangers on Facebook, you can only hope that it reaches someone that it might inspire, um, or like in your case, has experienced it for himself and then sees it working for someone else. So that's my hope in being able to put myself out there is that it resonates with someone else. So to hear that and that it reached someone that I never knew existed before two weeks ago is incredible. So I love how, right? And it's just so cool how technology can connect us. And that's one of the things I love about what I get to do every day in being a journalist is that in using social media, I get to connect with so many people I would never otherwise get to. So thank you for reaching out to me first off. Um, for me, my journey really starts back in adolescence and I'm sure for many people, that's where it goes back. I was going through puberty as, you know, 12, 13 year old and started gaining weight. And my family has a family history of many things, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, stroke high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, pretty much everything mm. our family has dealt with on both sides. And so I knew that growing up, but really as a child, uh, weight wasn't something that was in the forefront of my mind until I hit that, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old age frame. So at that point, I wanted to do something to try to lose weight as a teenager because all my friends around me were still, you know, rail thin and didn't have issues. They could eat whatever they wanted. And I wasn't so lucky, so to speak. Um, So at the time I actually chose to become a vegetarian, which is one thing from that timeframe that has stuck with me all these years later, I've been a vegetarian for 21 years now. And I also just stopped eating. And unfortunately that led me down the road of an eating disorder and becoming anorexic for two years. And I say that because I want to make it very clear that, you know, I have struggled with my weight on both ends of the spectrum. I have gone from being severely underweight to being morbidly obese and everything in between. So when you see someone out and about, you are just catching a glimpse of their life in that moment. And you have no idea the journey they've been on, where they've been before, where they'll end up. So that's something that's important to me is to try not to judge other people based on the glimpses of their life that you see in that moment because I know that I've been on that journey and I've been on either end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So when I went through that battle with anorexia, I was so grateful to have a couple of really dear friends um, who helped me get through that along with my mother. And it took a couple of years and they reached out to me and they saw me every day, but they made a phone call to me and they said, we're concerned about you. And that prompted me to kind of take a look at everything that was going on in my life. And that's when my mom kind of stepped in and helped. And we went to a nutritionist and really kind of were able to get back on the road to living a healthy life in high school.
1: I don't want to skip by this real quick. Cause if someone is listening that has had issues or is having issues with anorexia, like what was like the key or, or keys to, I don't know, overcoming that, if you will, was there a few moments that worked well for you?
0: Yeah. I'll be honest. I think, I think there's a lot of me that still tries to push those memories out of my mind. And it's Mm -hmm. not something I've spent a lot of time reflecting on and I probably need to with my therapist, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I was so grateful for those two friends that had the courage to call me and say, we are concerned about you. And here's why we're concerned about you. You know, they were also only 14 or 15 years old at the time but they saw that something was going on and they needed to step in and do something more than just, you know, be there and be my friend every day and have fun as teenagers. This was a concern for them. And I'm so glad that they did that. And of course, at the time it was scary. And I definitely recall being in denial. I remember going to that nutritionist with my mom and thinking, I don't have a problem. What, what, what are we here for? But I was able I'm glad that we were able to kind of get out of that and and move forward. But like many other people, I have a history of disordered eating and so that's something that I just wanted to bring up right off the bat because that's something that I struggle with, right? Food whether it's too much of it or not enough has always been an issue for me.
1: What did the, So then what real quick what did the nutritionist sure. tell you that maybe helped you?
0: Yeah, I think it was, I'm again, this is so many years ago because um, I'll show my age, but yeah, 20 plus years ago at this point. Um, But at the time, I think it was just a balance of getting more protein, you know, and they were supportive still in that moment of me continuing to be a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's focusing on getting more protein, getting more nutrients and obviously just eating more. But I don't really remember a lot more of the details beyond that. And Mm -hmm. I probably need to explore that on my own because- Now that I'm talking about it out loud, it's not something I talk about much with anyone, you know? So yeah. I was just wondering. That was a tough Yeah,
1: a lot of times like when you give someone advice, it's like they need to want to do it themselves. So right. it was great that your friends gave you advice and then you took it to heart and that you went to a nutritionist. And cause I know just from the thing I was telling you about like eating so many calories and not realizing it is that I'm working with a nutrition coach currently, um, set up via my, my job, which is great. And wow. she, she put me on the, my Pal app and I saw it in front of my face. When I saw the numbers in front of my face, the, how quick things were adding up, it was like, that was the game changer for me. So I was sure. kind of. nutrition just kind of showed you something that was like, Ooh, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, and I think too, it's so hard, especially as a a teenage girl, you know, that, that is a tough time to be focusing on, you know, your weight and your food choices and, you know, then the pressures of high school and how you look and all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember that we were able to kind of get through that and throughout high school, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember some of those numbers. I mean, I think I was, I hadn't quite hit my five, four height. I'm now five, four. And as, as, an adult and at the time I hadn't quite hit that height, but I was down under a hundred pounds at mm-hmm. one point. Um, but by the time I graduated high school, I graduated at 132 pounds and I was at five, four, which mm-hmm. is a healthy weight for that height. Right. So I was able to kind of gain weight slowly through high, high school and, you know, make healthier choices and, kind of change change that trajectory which was good but right. of course then you know then the snowball starts rolling down the other way and weight has always been a struggle for me yep. in either
1: direction it is for many people
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely this is
1: going to connect with so many people
0: Yeah. So then I um, headed off to college and in college, you know, you gain the freshman 15 or 20 or 40 or whatever it may be. And that was definitely a struggle just to have that freedom of being away from home and being able to eat whatever you wanted and being on a meal plan and Mm -hmm. having it all laid out there for you. So that's just a lifestyle change and changes in terms of, you know, I didn't have my parents there, you know, fixing my food or you know, whatever was in the house was my only option. I could do whatever I wanted as an adult, so to speak. So, you know, kind of struggled through those years. And then by the time I got to my first job and I was in my early 20s, 21, 22, um, I had gained quite a bit of weight. I was up in the 180s. And I remember at my first job, I did have a manager at one point who brought me in and said, you need to lose weight. And of course, working in an industry where you're on camera, that's that's hard to hear, right? Was it um, in like a so, caring
1: way, or was it just a demeaning way?
0: No, I think I think it was well intentioned. Of course, it's hard to hear because you know your if your image is part of the job that you do every day, you know mm-hmm. it's hard to hear someone directly critique that and say, "and you have to change." Right? It's not something that's not changeable. It's something you can change but you need to do something about it. And so I did lose some weight at the time, but again, I, my weight has always yo-yoed, but in different facets of my life or different times of my life, that yo-yo about from top to bottom has been at different numbers. Right. So then closer to where we are present day, I have now had two children. My oldest is six and my youngest is two and a half. And through my pregnancies, especially my weight, then skyrocketed to the highest that it's ever been. And by the time I gave birth to my second son, two and a half years ago, I was nearly 250 pounds. And I remember that number distinctly because I went to have a C-section and I stepped on the scale at the hospital right before they were getting ready to, you know, get my IV in and start the whole process. And it was 249.6 and I was floored. And I mean, I knew that I had been gaining. And obviously they had been checking my weight throughout my pregnancy, but just to see that number and see how close it was to 250 was just right. Like earth shattering in that moment. And of course I'm getting ready to have a baby. I had a baby in my arms an hour later. So that wasn't my focus, but when I thought back on it, that number is cemented in my brain that day. And that's kind of hard to recover from mentally to say, wow, Erica this has gone too far, you know?
1: So your child, um, your child changed your life and more than, you know, yes, Yes, yeah, for sure. Wow. yeah,
0: hundred percent. And of course, you know, I understand I was 41 and a half weeks pregnant when I stepped on that scale. So some of that weight was of course him of course, and of course. being pregnant, but that doesn't change the mental game of it. Right. That number is that number. My body was still carrying that weight and mm-hmm. feeling the impact of that, that weight and the pressure on my knees and the pressure on my heart. So to me, that, that was my highest weight, regardless of whether I was pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. And so obviously the first year I, I breastfed both of my children. And um, so that, you know, kind of, I feel like kept me from like, you know, Diving headfirst into weight loss the moment after they were born with either of them. So the first year with my second son put us to about mid-2019. And I think at that point, you know, I was ready to say, I need to kind of regain my body and take it back. I was still breastfeeding, but just kind of making choices that were more focused on me as mm-hmm. opposed to only um. Caring for him and making sure everything was okay with my milk supply, we had kind of regulated that everything was good. So now I can also get a chance to focus on me too. And so I started that journey. That was summer of 2019, and at the time I was in the process. We were also in the process of moving 70 miles, which is just you know always that lovely headache of moving. (laughs) It's a pain. So you're right. It is. It is. So we we were getting moved, and at the time I said. I need some support. I need some motivation. I need something. And so one night after work, I said, I am going to make my own support group. Why why, why do I have to wait for someone else to do this? I'm going to do it. So after work, I hopped on Facebook and I said, okay, what am I going to call this? And I did this all within, I mean, maybe 30 or 45 minutes. It was really quick off the cuff, and I just did it. And I created this Facebook group called Erica's Essential Encouragement. And I invited People to join if they wanted to join. And I said, we can have five of us, we can have 50 of us, we can have 500. I don't care. Really, this is a selfish creation because I want the support. So I'm just going to make the community that I am seeking. And at this point, actually, as of like this podcast, we're at almost 7,000 people, which is pretty incredible after the last like two years. But that was not at all the mission or the goal when I started it. It was literally just to have a space where I could go get away from all of the negativity and divisiveness of social media, focus on health and wellness, maybe a weight loss journey. At the time, I didn't know that I was going to be sitting here right now two years later, but just have that like safe space. And I do feel like almost two years later now, that space still is that way. And I've been able to curate it to stay positive, stay inspirational, stay motivational and uplifting to the people that want to be in it. And for me too, which I'm thankful for, because really that was the reason I created it. Um, so in that group, this was really kind of the, the tipping point. So in that group, in those first couple of months, People started commenting about their weight loss journeys and what they were doing. Um, for the first couple of months within that group, I did kind of a calorie restriction and picked up my exercise and was making better healthy eating choices. And I lost about 20 pounds in two months, which was great. Yeah, but was it was you know just kind of the start of things. And after that, it was getting hard, and I kind of slacked off. And then the holidays came. But within that group, um, people started mentioning the term intermittent fasting. I'd never heard of it before. So I asked some questions and then I started doing a little bit of research on my own and reading some books, listening to podcasts and kind of picking up on everything. And so I said, let me give this a try. Like it sounds too good to be true. Really? Like it's so simple, but maybe that's what I need, right? Like I, I did those two months for instance, in July and August of 2019, where I, you know, ate better and picked up my exercise and calorie restriction and and counting everything. But I've done that before. And you kind of run out of steam and I can't keep tracking everything every single day. I've done it where you count containers. I've done it where you count points, all those different programs out there. I've done them. And I feel like you just kind of hit that wall of like, I can't do it anymore. Mm And intermittent fasting sounded too good to be true, but then when I started reading into it, I thought, okay, I'm gonna give so this a shot.
1: Explain for the people listening that may not know what intermittent fasting is. Obviously, it's a hot—I want to say it's a trend because it's—it's it's been around for quite a while, but I feel right. like it's bubbling to the surface now. So for the yeah. people that are listening that aren't quite positive what intermittent fasting is, I'd love for you to explain that.
0: Sure. So for me, the most simple way that I explain it to other people is that there are there's a large chunk of the day where you don't eat where you're fasting and then you only eat within a time restricted window so for me currently present day i do a 24 protocol which means i fast for 20 hours a day which of course includes while you're sleeping and then only eat within a 4 hour or less window and the rest of the time i'm consuming i personally only drink water or unflavored sparkling water but To be within that fast, you can also do black coffee or unsweet plain tea, but you're not doing flavors, you're not doing sweeteners, you're not doing added fat or calories, all of those things to keep your insulin low so that your insulin doesn't spike. And you can really get into that fat burning mode while you're fasting.
1: So just to chime in here too. So you do the 20 and four, bravo. I do 16 Thank and you. eight because I like to eat a little too much. Sure. Um, I, I did but, start
0: with 16, eight. So okay. I will say that. And I and I'll, I can explain my timeline, but I did start with 16, eight. Okay. So that was not, I did not get into 24 right away. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Cause there's people listening probably like, well, I can fast, but then it's like, oh, I'm hungry. I can't do this. And it's like, yes, you can do this. And you yeah. could also start slow. And the right. great thing I love about fasting is that it's not a diet. So if, if you have a late night snack or, you know, you go out for dessert for your anniversary or your birthday or whatever, start the next day, you start it over. It's not that big exactly. of a deal that you missed a day. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, to me, one of the things that was so liberating and freeing about intermittent fasting was that it's just like, it's that simple, right? Like you're either in the fasted state or you're in the fed state and, and that's it. I can look at a clock. I can look at my watch. I didn't need to have an app to track everything. Now I do, I will say in the last six and a half months, I have chosen to write down what I eat in a day. I do not track calories though. I do not track carbs. I don't look at any of the macros, any of that, but I do write down like, Hey, for dinner, I had three pieces of pizza last night. I write that down. Um, but I don't write down any of the other stuff, but that's not necessary. It can be as simple as mm-hmm. looking at your watch. Oh, okay. It's three o'clock. My window's open. Oh, it's seven o'clock. My window's closed. And that's it. You exactly. know, which is so really
1: nice. I use an app called zero. If you've heard of that. Okay.
0: I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: It's really good. I, I don't use it all the time, but when I do want to start being so, okay, I really need to be better this week off fasting. Uh, all you need to do is click start. And it just tells you when your window is, is over. It just I, I have an Apple yeah. Watch, so it buzzes my watch. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm good. Like yeah. That's it. It's really that simple. It really is. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. And there was, um, what was some of the other things I was wanting to bring up? Oh, you mentioned about it just being a lifestyle change. I think mm-hmm. that's really huge, right? Because it's not a, a crash diet or a quick fix by any means. And a lot of the people that I interact with in my group who are now coming there because they've seen my success with intermittent fasting and have questions for me, I really try to make that clear that, you know, this is not something where you will probably lose 20 pounds in 20 days. Right. Maybe you will. But, you know, the likelihood of that is is pretty low. That's not Mm -hmm. the focus here. The focus is the health and the wellness. And then the side effect is the weight loss, which is incredible. Right. So.
1: I would love to know. Like, I don't want to get too far off your journey because this is you're you're still going sure. through it. And so, like, what was it behind like the science of intermittent fasting that kind of drew you in? Like, how it works and stuff. Can you explain that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what really resonated me with me, and I'm obviously we both know this, but just for anyone listening, like, this is just my personal experience. I'm not a medical expert in any way. All the things that I've read have just been through you know, um, pretty casual books. They're not. I'm not a doctor. Right. So this is just my, my understanding and interpretation of things. But I think it was pretty incredible to read about being able to get into ketosis and hit that fat burning stage by not having to Eat only keto, right? I had heard of keto before I ever heard of intermittent fasting, but I'm vegetarian. So I thought, well, there's no way I'll ever be able to do keto. And maybe there is, but I haven't really looked into it knowing that I don't eat meat. But to hear that you can get into this fat burning mode while you still kind of can eat whatever you want. Now, that phrase is pretty loose, right? And I think it's important to remember that what I want may not be what you want, right? What you want is not anything and everything. And I have made choices and I make choices every single day about what I consume. And I also try to make that clear to myself is I don't cheat. I make choices. Mm -hmm. And even just that, that word shift and that mindset shift has changed the ball game for me, because before, if I quote unquote cheated, that would just you know, mean, well, now the whole day's lost. Now right. the whole week's lost. I'll right. just start over on Monday. I'll just right. start over on the first, you know, and now it's just the choice in the moment. And if mm-hmm. I'm going to, if I'm going to make that choice, I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm not going to be feel guilty about it later.
1: And I see, I like. I did research and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've read, it's about after 12 hours or so of fasting is when you really start diving into the fat burning of using energy, which is awesome because it, I feel like a mindset It's like, I'm getting hungry. Oh, but this is the time I'm really burning the body fat. Stick with it. The longer you, the longer you get through it, the more fat you're burning. And yeah. then I love working out at the end of a fast too, because I feel like you really amplify that And also I think it's just better to work out in an empty stomach anyways. I feel better. Um, Yes,
0: I agree with that. I've always worked out without having eaten recently, whether I was, you know, 16 hours fasted all the time, you know, may not be the case, but even back in 10 years ago, I would never like to work out on a full stomach. That just never felt good to me anyway. But I think, yeah, that, I've seen anywhere between 12 and 16 hours. Of course, mm-hmm. it depends on every individual's body. It depends on what you ate the night before. Exactly. All of those sorts of things uh, kick in. But I think one of the things about that that's really important to remember that I've read is that you know hunger comes in waves. And so just because you maybe get that stomach growl or you get that twinge of hunger, if you have weight to lose and you have excess fat on your body, if you ride that wave and get mm-hmm. down on the other side, you'll feel okay. And your body then says, okay, now I can go, you know, feed myself from the fat on your body because you didn't feed me the glucose that I'm looking for. And I can eat off of the fat that's on my body and drink Um,
1: water, you know, when you drink water, water, you'll feel a little a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I drink a lot. I mean, I push a gallon a day and so, yeah. The side effects of that, you know, might be going to the bathroom a little bit more frequently, but I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I like the hydration and I like how it makes me feel, and it fills me up. Yesterday, I did a 24 hour fast, and in that time, I after I woke up, I drank you know 90 ounces of water. And even by the time I hit my 24 hour mark, I was feeling okay. Like, I didn't feel like I was that feeling of kind of starvation that people talk about sometimes, rush, I'm starving. Even when they only ate four hours ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is one of the biggest, like, parts of intermittent fasting that's hard to explain until you experience it is that it's hard in the beginning and it gets easier with time. Whereas my experience is diets, right? These, like, diet programs may be easy in the beginning because you're seeing that, like, rapid success and you're feeling good and you've seen these changes. And then it just gets harder and harder and harder, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas fasting is the other way around. And it's also, more complicated in context or in, um, concept rather it's more complicated in concept than it is in execution. When I go to explain everything with fasting to someone that's never heard of it before, I think they start to be like, Whoa, wait, what? But then when you actually do it, it's as simple as you eat in this window and you don't eat the rest of the time. Exactly. That's it. And it you doesn't know?
1: matter what you eat too, because if you choose to eat healthy, it, you can cheat on it, but then it's almost like that day is kind of like a wash. Like you didn't necessarily maybe gain weight, but you didn't really make any progress either. Um, if you choose to eat healthy in that window, you're really going to crank it up. You're going to feel much better. To, you're going to shed the weight a lot faster. The thing I like about fasting too, is I usually obviously skip breakfast in the morning and then i will mm-hmm. maybe I'll start lunch, maybe on noon or one o'clock or so. And if I do want to have like something late at night, or if I'm a dessert, or if I'm celebrating something, it's like, you know what, it wasn't a complete wash, I burned a lot of fat this morning already. Yeah. um, Just from fasting, let alone if I worked out on a fast. So it's not so you probably still made some progress that day, not the biggest deal. And like I said, start again the next day. It's not that big of a deal. So it's really nice to, because when you start these other diets, And then you have like the holidays coming up and you got to celebrate things and anniversaries coming up. It's like, what do I do? And then you're like the person like bringing the Rubbermaid containers everywhere you go and stuff. Yeah. It's hard to live life like that too. I'd rather skip breakfast in the morning and no one sees it. (laughs) And then you go have dessert at night and you're all good, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I actually was able to cook Thanksgiving dinner for my family while doing intermittent fasting. And I didn't eat till four o'clock that day. I didn't lick my finger once. I had my husband do the taste testing and I was able to fast for 20 hours on Thanksgiving day. And then, you know what? I enjoyed the biggest, most delicious plate of food that we had just spent all day preparing. Mm -hmm. And I did not have one ounce of guilt over anything on that plate. And I did not count one calorie or one carb of what was on that plate. And it was amazing.
1: It's very liberating for something with time-constricted window. It's a very liberating mindset. It is right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. How do you no, break I, I was going to say how do you break your fast? Do you have a method to that or does it not matter to you?
0: Um actually I have had pretty much uh the same routine since I started. So I did mention earlier that I did start with 16:8 and kind of work my way down. I started with 16:8 for the first time back at like the very end of 2019 or early 2020 and then the pandemic hit and you know all that craziness. Mm-hmm. So the kind of shorter journey that I've been on right now, time-wise is I started September 1st with kind of hardcore, really solidifying intermittent fasting, choosing to do no added sugar and no artificial sweeteners at all and daily walking. And so that kind of trifecta of choices is what really started me down this really great path, September 1st. And so since then, I've done pretty much 24. When I started, I was at 186, and I went to 24 within the first couple of weeks since September 1st. And when I'm at work with my work routine, I typically will eat in that three to seven o'clock window. So three o'clock is when I'm at work. And so I will bring with me a homemade protein smoothie. And in that is a cup of frozen spinach, a half a frozen banana, a cup of, whatever other frozen fruit we have that, that sounds good. Blueberries, pineapple, mango, whatever the case may be a cup of unsweetened vanilla almond milk, two thirds cup of unsweetened, plain Greek yogurt. And then like a half scoop of a protein powder that has no added sugar or anything. And then maybe a little bit of ice blend that up. So it's got fruits, it's got vegetables, it's got protein, it's got dairy. And it's, I did the calorie count on it once. Cause someone asked me to, and it's under 400 calories And so five days a week, that's how I break my fast is with that smoothie and it's delicious. Oh, and then we usually recently we started adding in, um, a few sprinkles of cinnamon
1: I love cinnamon. (laughs) Cinnamon's in my coffee every morning.
0: Nice. Yeah. It was really great in the smoothie.
1: Do you have a protein that you like highly recommend? Not that you have to start naming brands, but if there is someone who wants to follow your routine, is there a protein you recommend?
0: Sure. I mean, honestly, we we go just cheap. So we got, I think it's called like body fortress or whatever. It's just the big tub that you can get at Walmart. It's nothing special. And we looked at that and saw, you know, it seems like the calorie counts within the range we're looking for and again i'm not counting calories but you know i just want to i kept an eye on it right i was like okay let's see what this is if i'm going to consume it every day let's look at it protein is up there with what we were looking for it didn't have added sugar it's just like a plain vanilla flavor whatever so it was it kind of hit all those marks so we said yeah sure let's try it i think we've gotten the one from aldi before so kind of whatever yeah (laughs)
1: like uh, sucralose or or any of those other commercial sweeteners
0: yeah. I haven't, I haven't been consuming those at all. Awesome. Um, it's just something that I decided to steer away from and included with that. I then gave up soda because obviously whether it's diet or regular soda, you're going to have either sugar or those artificial sweeteners in it. And it really, I mean, honestly, it made a big difference. The first month from September 1st to September 30th, I lost 15 pounds. You
1: go fast when you start with this. Yeah. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. It was
0: crazy. And I mean, really, let me tell you, I mean, the reason that I made that switch to the no added sugar and artificial sweeteners was because I had been doing IF for a while. And really, I felt like it helped me get through the pandemic, the beginning months of the pandemic, not that we're over, but the beginning months of the pandemic without gaining weight. I think in my first month, I lost six pounds and that was great doing 16, eight. Um, and I didn't really think about it much. I was on the routine of IF, but I was eating everything. I was drinking everything. Um, Alcohol and milkshakes, and you know, whatever to make you feel good because we were just our world was upside down, right? Mm-hmm. A year ago. Um, and at one point at the end of summer in 2020, there was one night I came home for dinner and I ate dinner, and it was a pretty healthy dinner. And then I had, I think, two or three Oreos, and then I was like, you know what, some ice cream sounds good, so I had some ice cream. And then, as I was walking out the door to work, I was like, you know what? I think we have some Skittles. Let me grab those. And I grabbed some Skittles and walked out the door. And I don't know what about that day, but it just kind of smacked me in the face. And I was like, I just had three desserts. What is going on? You know? (laughs) And I was like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And you know what? My husband might have said something as I was walking out the door with those Skittles. He might have said, didn't you just have ice cream and cookies and not in like a in a caring way he wasn't in not in a judgmental way just in like a inquisitive way and i was like i did what how what am i doing and so that's when i said i'm going to make a commitment to myself to go 30 days with no added sugar and no none of the artificial sweeteners now i still had fruit i still have fruit every single day and so for me that was a way to take that choice and make it doable right i didn't say no sugar that would be really hard, right. but no added sugar. Right. And I said, my challenge to myself and my commitment I made to myself was 30 days. I didn't say this was going to be forever. And I think mm-hmm. that's the um, rabbit hole people tend to get down. And I do as well, that when you choose to delay something that you're denying yourself forever, yeah. no, you can delay something for a day, a week, a month, a few months, or you know, a month at a time. And where I've kind of fallen into my routine is now I have a special treat that is rich, decadent, full of sugar, tiramisu, brownies, cookies, ice cream, cake, whatever the case may be about once a month. And then I go back to the no added sugar and the no artificial sweeteners is just kind of consistent, but I go back to the no added sugar the rest of the time, but I enjoy that treat. I look forward to that treat. And then I'm able to you know, really stick with that challenge the rest of the time. But when I started it, it wasn't, I'm never having sugar again or mm. added sugar again. It was, I'm doing 30 days. I can do 30 days.
1: Exactly. And you know what? Yeah. I bet you probably can't even finish a full soda right now. If you tried.
0: Oh God. I mean, I haven't had one.
1: I haven't you probably one. can't. This it's funny. Started.
0: No, yeah.
1: you give it up and it's just like, you get, you get halfway through a can it's like, I can't even like finish the rest of that. Yeah. It's once you get, once you get it out of your system, for like two, three, maybe four weeks, it's hard yeah. to actually get it back in and finish it. It's yeah. like, why was I drinking this?
0: Well, and I've really noticed too, that I feel like my, this might just be placebo, but I feel like my taste buds have changed. Like when I have real fruit, which I have every day, mm-hmm. it feels, it tastes sweeter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can taste other foods and the nuances of those flavors a bit more because I don't have this super sickly sweet taste kind of overtaking everything, right? If I was eating a meal with a Coke zero on the side before really all my taste buds were tasting was that super sickly, sweet, artificial sweetener, or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, even the stuff I eat with sugar now I can taste it and it tastes super sweet. And you know, my special treat now may be half a cookie, whereas before it could have been four, you know, (laughs) or a whole bag.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I think we have a little, I think we hear your kid a little bit in the background. Yeah, no, some of those skittles.
0: Hopefully, it's okay. Uh, Oh, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just cracking
1: cracking (laughs) a joke. So, my guess—I was going to bring that up because I live by myself currently, and so what I have in the house is my choice. Whereas you have a family. Yeah. All what you want to eat. So it's easy for me to be like, if I'm not want to eat it, I'm not bringing it in the house. But you, I feel like have to have quite a bit more willpower in the position that you're in where you have Skittles in the house to grab. And I can see myself personally being like, well, I can have two right now. then I'll have two a little bit later. then I'll have a couple more. And it's just before you know, you have 20 or 30. Sure. Uh, Yeah. That's got to be a little tougher for you.
0: Well, so one of the things that I've done with that, I did that month-long challenge and I hit that goal in September. And so I had a special treat in October as kind of my reward for all of that. And then since then, I have actually kept up that kind of challenge to myself. So what it has amounted to now is I have a calendar on my phone where I have this running note on my phone where I write down, I mentioned that I write down what I eat every day, but not the macros or calories or anything. And I also just will write down how much water I drank that day, how many steps I took, what my window ended up being. And then in that, I have a calendar for each month. And so what I put on that is simply either a green check mark emoji or an emoji if that was a treat day. So, you know, whether it's a cookie or an ice cream cone or whatever emoji. And so for me it's kind of an all or nothing thing. And that's worked for me. So if this is going to be a day that I'm choosing to make a treat day, Mm -hmm. it's not just going to be four Skittles. It's going to be (laughs) the best treat, the most decadent treat. It's going to be worth it. Right. And then for me, if it's not, then, then it's, then it's nothing. And and that kind of all or nothing mentality for just this small window of the added sugar portion Mm -hmm. of my journey has really helped me personally. I know for other people that it may be easier to kind of wean off or only eat a little bit, but for me, it's just been easy to say it's either a day or it's you know a not green checkmark day. Because
1: being in the gray area, I think, makes it difficult, and you're not going to yeah. see the results you want to see. It's just because you're like sucking down a few Skittles every day. It's just you don't get to where you want to go as fast, if at all, because like I said, it's right. a gray area, which just that doesn't work well for me in, in my mindset.
0: Right. A hundred percent.
1: Do you drink coffee? Like, I want to go back to what, what we're intaking. I, I like to compare and contrast what we're intaking sure. when we're fasting and what's allowed. Cause you hear like certain things are allowed and aren't allowed. So do you drink coffee and let's go back to the things that you are intaking during your fasting period?
0: Sure. So I personally don't like coffee. And especially since, yeah, it definitely (laughs) helps. And especially since, you know, within the clean fast, it would only be black coffee. If I'm going to drink, drink, I say that loosely drink coffee, it would have to be in a blended sugar filled, cream filled, deliciousness way. Mm. And that's not obviously happening during intermittent fasting. So for me, it's really easy to drink water or, um, sparkling unflavored water. I did start with just pure water in the beginning. And after about two weeks of that, it got a little boring. So I added in the unflavored sparkling water and that gives me just that little extra, like it's the carbonation that I miss from soda, mm-hmm. but without having you know the sugar and, and junk in soda. And so that's all I drink these days. And I know that within my eating window, I could choose to drink whatever I want, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't. I've just stuck with that water and I felt like it was gonna get me to my goal, hopefully a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm okay with making that choice but it's this not is, necessary. And I know plenty of people who drink what they want within their eating window and are successful, you know?
1: Right. This is what I love hearing is like how people hack themselves to kind of get through. And I yeah. do the same thing. I love, cause I take notes from this and I do it myself from what other people do. And I don't know if it's helpful to anybody. So you said black coffee. That's exactly what I do during my uh, fasting window. I love my nice. almond milk or oat milk in it. I love maybe a little bit of sweetener in it and stuff like that, but I just don't do it during my fasting yeah. hour. I have a cup or two of just black coffee with a little bit of cinnamon powder in it. So I have a little bit of flavor to it. Cinnamon is actually for your metabolism. So I pop that in there and I feel fine. And then on top of that, a couple of glasses of water. And then, you know, after that, that's four, that's four or five drinks with water and the coffee. I'm kind of full and I'm good to go until I break my fast. So yeah,
0: it can definitely push you through. Yeah. And that's for me too. I found that, um, you fill up so quickly on, Mm. on all of that. And if I'm trying to hit that watermark and it's just a personal choice to drink, you know, roughly that gallon, um, 120 ounces or so a day, but it fills you up. You, yeah, (laughs) there's not room for much else when you're drinking that much water, at least during your, during your fast.
1: Do you have any other kind of hacks and, or like maybe snacks that kind of cure this sweet tooth without going all out that you're just like, it's still kind of good for you, but it's. Oh, oh, I feel like you're grabbing a piece. of Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I, I jotted
0: down some notes on your outline. So yeah, I do have some things that have really, and again, these are all just personal preferences, but in the beginning, um, when I started in that first month of no added sugar, I was like, okay, I need something though. Right. Like if fruit is going to be my dessert, Mm -hmm. I need something to kind of jazz it up. And I really enjoy just personally uh, walnuts And then I really like coconut. And so I found just a bag of like raw walnuts. And then I also found toasted, unsweetened coconut chips. And Mm -hmm. I got them um, from a company on Amazon. And I have gone through those like gangbusters. They are so great. You put a little bit of raw walnut, a little bit of toasted coconut on top of pretty much any fruit, but pineapple, mango, kiwi. I mean, I'll do it on top of anything. You get a little bit of crunch. You actually get, you know, some really great nutrition from both of those. And it just kind of makes it feel a little bit more decadent. Right. Um, and then I also found um, RX bars. Have you heard of RX bars? Yep, yep. I have some
1: yeah. right now. Yep.
0: Yeah, I found one. I don't, I ha- I gravitated away from the ones that have chocolate in them, just because I was like worried about the whole sugar element with chocolate being in there. But I found one that was gingerbread flavored, which is just, it had some ginger in it and then their dates and their egg whites and whatever else is in the RX bar. So I have some of those and those are just that nice, give that chewy texture of like what I might be missing from either a cookie or a candy bar every once in a while. And then I just recently in the last month or two found a really delicious recipe for these oatmeal, banana, nut, cookies, but they're made with oatmeal. um, And then the binder is unsweetened applesauce and a little bit of almond milk. And then I put in a little bit of peanut butter and then it, you, it uses bananas to sweeten it. And then you can actually throw in some other things for sweetness and crunch. So I'll do walnuts. I did a little bit of unsweetened apricot and unsweetened pruned chopped up. And they were almost like little quote unquote chocolate chips, but they were unsweetened fruit, which was really great and bake those off and they're nice to just have that of course it's not like a decadent sugar filled cookie but it gives you that kind of nudge that you need if you're if you're craving a cookie and that sort of thing um and then i also made the switch over to i didn't eat peanut butter for the longest time just because you know the peanut butter we had at home was you know kind of normal junk filled peanut butter mm-hmm. that we had for our kids um but i found some that was just 100% peanuts it has no added oil no sugar at all And that's great with like celery and carrots or even in those cookies. And so I eat that obviously in portion and in moderation because it's, you know, pretty high in, in calories, just like any peanut butter is, but it's nice just when you want that, like, man, peanut butter sounds good, but I don't want it in the form of a Reese's or the form of, you know. A peanut butter peanut and jelly butter. sandwich. I'm yeah, a someone who can really dig it, dip, a,
1: dip a spoon in the peanut butter jars. Mm, and eat it. I, for sure. That's my favorite. Hey, for how sure. about this? How about you send me like a link to these foods and I can post a link on the show notes. Sure. So people yeah, can absolutely. And I can eat. even
0: send you the, the couple of recipes, like the smoothie and the cookies. Um, I can send you those recipes if you want
1: hundred yeah, percent.
0: Yeah. Cause those have been just kind of a tweaks from what we found, like the smoothie, my husband and I both drink it every single day, and we yeah. love it. And it was just kind of the combination of things that
1: worked for us. That's so, so awesome. Because I yeah. actually, in my last episode, I gave the recipe to my smoothie. So it's nice. funny how back-to-back episodes have that, but they're kind of similar, cool. I'm not gonna lie, which is awesome. Nice. Um, I'm curious to know why RX bars because there are so freaking many protein bars and all these bars everywhere you go, people think they're just eating great every time they snag one you look into it yeah this is terrible (laughs)
0: yeah well (laughs) honestly that was just a random we were at a whole foods i think one day doing some quick grocery shopping and we went down that aisle and they had rx bars were on sale and so i was like you know what i've seen the packaging before but i had never grabbed one but i'm a sucker for a sale
1: (laughs) So I was like,
0: you know what? I'll try a couple of flavors. And I flipped it over and I looked at the ingredients and uh, the nutrition label and saw that there was not added sugar, at least in the flavors that I was choosing. And I got them and tried them and they're made with um, dates, right? Is the main like thing that gives them that chewiness Mm. and that texture. I mean, I had, you know, way back when, even back to my days of dieting in high school, I had, you know, those protein bars that were really chalky Mm. or, you know, had a chocolate coating that tasted like wax. Oh my God, those were so awful. Having an RX bar for instance. And I know there are other brands out there that make one similar, but it was just the texture that did it for me. It had that chewiness with a little bit of nuttiness and it really tasted delicious. And I know that it's got carbs and the sugar from the dates and the other fruit in there, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay with that. That was something when I made the choice of no added sugar, that added was really that word I was focusing on.
1: They do taste really good. And just yeah. to kind of throw, so like I said, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I was work, I'm was i working with a nutrition coach. And so one thing that kind of brought got brought up to me is how much better non-fat and like non-sweetened yogurt is for you than compared to all the other yogurts out there with so much sugars added to it. What a difference. Yeah. And so I get the Siggy's Skier yogurt, the Icelandic yogurt. And one, it tastes pretty good as it is into like I'll chop up like a half a banana throw some blueberries in there and maybe drizzle yeah. just a little bit of honey and it's mm. like it's like, oh, right. from, it's like a dessert for it's like a dessert but you is. look at the you look at them I know you're not counting macros but you look at the macros it's like wow that's I can eat this two or three times a day. This is all. yeah it's like that's my dessert awesome. sometimes so it's like one of those things that's how I hack myself it's like when I eat yeah. something sweet it's like that's actually really good for you solid carbs the sweeteners, not that bad. And there's a lot of protein in that as well. So
0: for sure, here's nice. one other thing, then this is more of a device. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know if you've ever heard of it, but, um, it's called a Yonanas machine. Have you heard of one of those?
1: Why does that sound familiar? Explain that.
0: So it basically it's a, it's a device that's almost like, gosh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's almost like a food processor, but it kind of pushes down fruit. Banana is kind of the, the one that it's, centered around, but you can put any fruit through there that's been frozen and then slightly thawed out and it pushes through and the way it kind of processes it, it pushes it out and it looks like soft serve ice cream when it comes out the other side. Mm. But literally all you're putting in it is banana and then whatever other fruits you want to do. So I've done the combination of like banana and like papaya or um, passion fruit or dragon fruit or pineapple or mango. And it pushes through and it's, oh my gosh, the texture though is what really does it because it takes the creaminess that you get from the starchiness of the banana and pushes it through and mixes it with the other stuff. And then the texture is really like sorbet or ice cream, but it doesn't have anything but the fruit you put in the machine. Oh, I've had one for like 10 years and it sat on my shelf, but then I kind of broke it back out in, in the last six months and uh, I, why I don't use it every day. I don't know, but.
1: <laughs> I wish Christmas was coming up. Oh, right? it would be on my list. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm the definitely funny thing going.
0: though, I was scrolling through my Facebook feed earlier today and it popped up and it said, has seen on tiktok and i thought oh my gosh that makes me feel old because i've had one of these for 10 years and now it's getting a it's getting new life on tiktok i guess so ah, you got
1: a good product that's awesome
0: yeah it, it was funny
1: i gotta look into that so i'm yeah, curious so you found a lot of hacks for you is there anything since you've really gotten strict with this that you were eating before that you've gotten rid of like i used to eat this a lot i used to maybe think it was good for me and it's just like now this is out of my pantry now i'm not eating that anymore
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think when I made the choice of doing the no added sugar, that really eliminated obviously a lot of stuff, right? Like the junk and the treats and all of that. And so, for me mentally, the way that I could kind of balance that out was saying the rest of the stuff, I'm still going to eat it all. So, we still get takeout. We still eat tacos. We still eat pizza. We do all of that. And I, watch my portions. I take what I used to eat in a day and spread it out over three or four now, but I'm not keeping myself from enjoying those because I think had I said, I'm doing no added sugar and I'm going to deprive myself of this stuff too, that would have been too much. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was for me, a really great way to find the balance was, okay, let me eliminate the, the candy and the cookies and those sorts of things. A majority of the time and eliminate is not a word I even like to use. I really like I'm delaying it, right? I'm delaying it for now, whether that delay is a day or a week or a month or a year, mm-hmm. it's a delay. It's not forever. And I know that. And that helped my kind of mental game and my mindset in going through all of this. And so that's been the biggest shift on the nutrition side. And it still allows me to then enjoy. I mean, seriously, I had three pieces of pizza for dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you're still making progress. Yeah, and great. I
0: I stepped on the scale this morning and I was down a pound from just a few days ago. So Jeez. yeah, it was great.
1: Uh, So I know. So I think most people are probably going to take this podcast via listening to it um, sure. on your app. I'm looking at you, and I would consider you somebody who's skinny. I would say you are skinny. And oh my are, god! Can you repeat that five times? <laughs> you are skinny. <laughs> And so I know you had mentioned a few moments back when you were almost 250. Mm-hmm. I feel weird asking a woman what her weight is, or you don't have to share, but I feel like people in their mind are curious to know how much weight have you? Are you down? How much? Sure.
0: You cost? And that's something that on the Facebook post that you scrolled by, I think mm-hmm. that was one of the first ones where I was. Publicly sharing my numbers. So I'm happy to share my numbers because it's something that I'm always curious about too. And yeah, there's always potential stigma about asking, but we're talking about something that's led to weight loss. So I'm happy to share. <laughs> so I stepped on the scale this morning. I wanted to get updated weight and measurements this morning because mm-hmm. of the podcast. So mm-hmm. when I stepped on the scale this morning, I was 144.6. Right. And that put me down 105 pounds <sighs> from the day I gave birth, which was two and a half years ago. Yeah, two and a half years and like five days because he was born
1: on the 15th of September. So yeah.
0: Um, 105 pounds. And oh, that's a great birthday
1: with, by the way. That's my birthday. Uh,
0: so. September 15th. Yep. That's a great birthday. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Um, so yeah, 105 pounds from that day. And then from the start of this kind of that kind of trifecta of choices that I mentioned earlier, which was September 1st of 2020, it's been, it's 55 point 56.5 pounds. In those six and a half months. Wow. And then um, in doing my measurements, obviously measurements are different, right? Because people can choose to measure different points of their body. But from the points of my body that I chose to measure, I've lost um, more than 53 inches. Jeez. But on my waist, I've lost seven inches from when I measured at first. Uh, my hips and my kind of upper thighs, which are actually my widest part based on my body composition. Mm-hmm. Are also have hit that roughly seven inch mark lost. Um, My bust is more than seven inches down. And so that has really, I mean, that's where like physically I'm really starting to see those changes. And I will say that the scale is one thing, right? It's like one measurement and one mark of quote unquote success. Mm -hmm. But I'm so, so, so glad that I took those measurements. And I didn't even start them on September 1st, I didn't take them until September 20th. -hmm. And I wish I had taken them sooner because I think I probably lost some inches in those first three weeks, but I'm comparing back to exactly six months ago now from September 20th to now today is March 20th. Um, and to witness that change and I don't do it frequently. I do it maybe once a month and it's not something I even have written on my calendar. It's just kind of like when I'm feeling it, okay, let's do some measurements and take a look. Wow. I mean, non-skill victories for me are really important and I'm so glad that I took those measurements. So glad I have photos to compare back to, and the scale is like you know a front of me for me because there are days where it's great and other days where i'm frustrated by it so if i can have other ways to say but no you're still on track you're doing you're doing well I'm, I'm thankful for that.
1: It's a journey. It's a long journey. It's not going to happen overnight. It is. Well, you know, you step on the scale and you weigh five pounds more because it's all the water you drank and then you drink a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? It's just, You never right. know what's going to change yeah. anything. And
0: I will say for for stepping on the scale for me, I know lots of people have different methods for how they choose to have a relationship with the scale. For me, though, I can't weigh daily. I can't go through that emotional turmoil mm-hmm. of looking at the numbers every single day. So I have been doing, um, we do a monthly weight loss challenge in the group that I mentioned to you. So I at least will weigh on the first every single month. And then it's just kind of sporadic. If I kind of feel like weighing this morning, I might, if not, I don't. And that's important to me. And I know other people love to weigh daily and have that data for them and be able to use it to watch the trend. But to me, it's too emotional. Mm-hmm. to see those daily fluctuations i just want to see the nice smooth <laughs> drop down over time <laughs> it's like
1: looking at the freaking the covid pandemic charts every day <laughs> exactly
0: like, right show me yeah. what's
1: going down Let's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> see, do see month. yeah good god and i know um, that
0: that's a personal choice for people so that's something i try to suggest to people when they get frustrated by the scale is to say then just don't wait for a while like just step away from it you know
1: I'm with you because either way, I'm I'm either gonna see progress. I'm gonna be like, awesome, keep it up, be good today, or I'm gonna yeah. not see progress and be like, shit, I need to do better today. And so, right. either way, that messes with my head probably. Yeah, way. So I'm with you. Yeah. Um, now I feel like I know the answer to this already, but do you feel deprived at all because you've? this has been a short time you've lost a ton okay. of weight i know i just want to t- this is basically talking to the people who are listening they're thinking about this do you feel like you're deprived whatsoever
0: literally not one iota i feel no deprivation and i feel incredible and that's the other thing like we've been kind of talking about you know things that are very tangible tangible but the non-tangible side of things is like how much energy I have, how incredible I feel. And even when I hit that 20 hour mark or, you know, yesterday when I was fasting for almost 25 hours, I hit that 24 hour mark. Wow. I just like feel so great. And so there's really, what is that phrase that I feel like it is like nothing tastes as good as skinny. Since you said that word (laughs) skinny feels that kind of feeling of the feeling versus, you know whatever a taste Mm -hmm. bud or that kind of emotion. And it really has been incredible. And that's not to say, to be very clear that I have not, that I don't eat things that, you know, someone else might look at and say that is that you're trying to lose weight. Why, why are you eating that? You know? And so I want to make, I want to enjoy my life and, Mm -hmm. and enjoy the, choices I make. Like for my birthday, we had tiramisu and we had a caramel brownie and it was dang good. <laughs> and I think I weighed a couple of days later and I was actually down, which was crazy, that's but amazing. I enjoyed it and I didn't feel guilty. And so, yeah, if I was feeling deprived, that would be a big problem. It would not be doable. And I think that's the other thing is within the fasting time, I've had so many people ask me, well, like, how do you get through? How do you go for 20 hours? Do, aren't you starving? And I think that's the biggest, um, maybe misconception or even what we talked about earlier that it's hard in the beginning. And then it gets easier with time as your body transitions through, you know, kind of nudging you for that glucose. And when you don't give it, then it can transition into that fat burning mode. I'm in fat burning mode at hour 16, hour 18, hour 20. So my body's got plenty to eat. It it doesn't need me putting stuff in my mouth. It's eating off my hips and my thighs and everywhere else. Right. So that's
1: that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Um, so What hardships have you experienced with this, if any, that maybe you can help guide people through?
0: Sure. I would say I was trying to think back on this because ultimately big picture, I feel like it's been a pretty easy ride. I mean, I've, I've said this to, to people before it's the easiest way I have ever lost weight, which I'm so grateful for. But in the beginning, those first couple of weeks of transition, when your body is like wait, what's going on here? You know, (laughs) trying to figure out what you're doing and what's changing. Um, I did have some headaches for the first couple of weeks. Um, I did have a little bit of insomnia actually in the very beginning. And obviously just those, you know, the hunger pangs that can kind of pop up that you're trying to figure out, like, how do I ride those waves and make it through? But none of it was unmanageable. And I never felt personally like, my gosh, I'm not going to make it another minute. If I don't go have a bite of food right now, I knew I was going to be okay. And I might be uncomfortable in the moment, but I pushed through that wave and, you know, kind of keep on trekking and keep on trucking and, and it was doable. But yeah, I would say, you know, maybe the headaches in the beginning, I also, because I gave up soda, I currently then am Mm. no longer consuming any caffeine. Mm. So in the beginning that headache might've been caffeine related. I don't know, you know,
1: Uh, From personal experience, it whenever I really crank up my fasting, it takes maybe about two weeks, three weeks max for my body to be like, okay, I'm just fasting now is there is a there is a little adjustment period for your body like, I am pretty freaking hungry. But that's when you got to just get through it. Um, A tip of mine would be to maybe eat dinner, you know, like six o'clock or seven o'clock and just make sure that's it. And then so that way, by the time you go to bed, let's say you go to bed at 10, you're already three hours in. If you sleep seven or eight, nine hours, then you're already like 12, 13 hours in. So then you right. just got to get through the first three hours of the day. So drink a lot of water and before you know it, because if you if you end that clock late at night before you go to bed, one, that's just not good for you in general. And two you start the clock much later, which makes the next day much harder while you're wide awake the whole day yeah. just waiting to eat, so.
0: Okay, so I'm really curious in speaking with someone else who's done intermittent fasting for a long time, mm-hmm. do you count your fasting hours or do you count your eating window? Eating window. Okay, yeah, that's what I do window. too. Because eating
1: yeah. window. Us- it's usually about 12 to eight. It's usually about noon. And sometimes like it's, it's definitely more difficult now that I'm working from home because it's right there. Whereas if I'm at work, a lot of times, so I have two dogs. And so a lot of times like what I would do at work is come home on lunch and take them out. That's when I knew I would eat. So I could not take a lunch until noon, come home and that's when I would eat. I would not bring any food with me or nothing. That's it. So maybe just like a black coffee or something. So that was like another hack. It's like, don't bring food. If you don't want to eat, don't bring food to work. And then exactly. knowing that as soon as I like got on my meeting or whatever, that I could take my dogs out and launch. That's when I would make a lunch. So, yeah. And then it'd be okay. if, if it's around 12, 1230, then I keep an eye on that. And I know about like eight, eight 30. Um, and we keep in mind people like who are listening, you don't need to be down to the minute. Like if it's like, exactly, you know, a few minutes late, a half hour late, whatever, that's fine. Like I said, you could start tomorrow. It could be more strict tomorrow if you want, not that big of a deal. The general idea was already accomplished, you know?
0: Absolutely. And that's something that I've tried to explain, uh, to people who ask me questions about the nuances of their eating window versus their fasting length when they're, especially in those first few weeks is that it all averages out, right? Whether you say I'm going to fast 18 hours from this moment. I took my last bite down to the minute, or you say tomorrow, my eating window is going to be from X to X over the course of that week. It all averages out, right? So even the day where I did a 24 hour fast the day before we had actually shifted, I shifted my window early by like four hours, which is pretty unusual for me on a work day, but when I started eating, I think I'd only been fasting 17 hours. We, I ate within actually only an hour and a half window that day. And that's when I closed early and ended up going 24 hours until the next day. And I had the flexibility and the freedom to do that and didn't feel like I was, you know, cheating or making a change that was going to hurt me. It's really that flexibility has been so vital for me of intermittent fasting is to say, I can make this work for me. Right. And then if I go on vacation or if I have a late meal one day, or, you know, the other day we wanted to eat three and a half hours earlier than I normally open my window. And I said, yep, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it was okay. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. it is okay. And Just like, I I love talking about hacks and like people get around things. Another hack that I have is sometimes like if I'm nearing the end of my window, it's like, I am freaking hungry. That's when I honestly do something. Like I would take the dogs out for a walk. I will go run an errand. I Maybe I'll go run a couple of miles or something like that. Because if you are doing something, you can't be eating. You're busy. You're not even thinking about eating anymore. And when you get home, you can really enjoy it that much more than you just accomplished it. And plus the feeling of accomplishment is even better, you know?
0: Yeah. 100%. And when you hit that wave of hunger and then you're kind of on the other side of it, I think you mentioned this earlier, you get that kind of I feel this sometimes where I'm like I feel maybe I feel kind of empty, right? Like physically empty, but you also kind of feel that energy of like the fat burning. Like you know yeah. that you get that extra little boost. Like the other day I ended up having um an impromptu meeting that went long, so instead of eating at the 20 hour mark, I didn't eat until 21 and a half hours. And at 21 and a half hours, was I hungry? Yes. Was I starving? No. Mm-hmm. And I knew I just got 90 extra minutes of fat burning that I wasn't planning on. And I was like, well, that's a win, you know?
1: Exactly. And that is yeah. one of those things that helps even out. So over right. the week, if you were eat early a few times, it's just like what I already made up for it, you know, not that they exactly. Of the it's just yeah. I can't express how like liberating this really is. And it's not a diet, it's just a lifestyle change. And it is. You have to be strict, but it is easy to incorporate. It's not limiting yourself to two, three, four different kinds of meals per week. And that's it. Like, you're not, you know, that's no fun. You're still living your life. You're still having fun eating 100% within a certain window. That's
0: it. Yeah. And I think one of the phrases I had heard in maybe one of the podcasts I listened to or the books I read was that intermittent fasting is about when you eat, Mm -hmm. your diet is what you eat. And Mm -hmm. so, intermittent fasting is not a diet and it's not your diet. Your diet is the food you choose to put in your mouth, right? right. Intermittent fasting is just really a tool that helps you kind of look at the clock and figure out when in a day you're consuming the choices you choose. You know
1: Exactly. Now, something you brought up way back in the beginning was your family has a big record of, let's say, medical issues. Yes. Now, one thing that people aren't even aware of is that intermittent fasting can help with a lot of those issues. Are you familiar with that?
0: Yeah, in the reading and some of the the research that I've done, I've I've read into some of that, which I'm so grateful for because thankfully I had not hit a point personally where, you know, I was my numbers were to the point of being elevated in certain points where we w- were concerned at this moment. Um but I know, I just know that based on the weight loss and everything else that everything that was maybe border- borderline and trending the wrong direction is just plummeting back down in the most positive way. And I'm so grateful for that.
1: Yeah, I wish I had like, um, a study or an article here in front of me. But I do know, like some of the things like diabetes and stuff, it really helps with, I believe it's been linked to helping people with Alzheimer's. So there's a lot of like diseases and just like internal body issues that this helps alleviate when you just give your body a break from eating, and let it just rest you know, because right. the people who are just constantly eating, like your body's just working and working and working. And then there's so many issues that come from that. So there yeah. are, there's a lot of research still happening, probably will happen for a long time, but there's besides just the body fat loss and, you know, feeling better and all that, like, there's a lot of really good benefits that are happening internally, you don't even know about. So yeah, for anybody who's struggling with like diabetes and or other issues with, with, you know, family issues and the genes, di- um, you know, genetics, all that. Like, look into intermittent fasting for that too. Do a little bit of research. I don't want to say, yeah, go for it, do it, it's going to work, but do some research on that because there is a lot of research and how that can help people.
0: Yeah, I think it's important. Something that I try to, you know, make sure to pass along to anyone in my group that I'm chatting with about what's worked for me is to have a conversation with your doctor, Mm -hmm. of course, right? But you can go into a conversation with your doctor having done your own research, right? Mm-hmm. That one person sitting in front of you does not have to be your sole source of, of information. You can say, I've done some research. Here's what I found. And you as a medical professional, what do you think about it? And have that conversation. I would hope that that's a two way street with any doctor. So know.
1: here's, here's a little caveat to that. So a month ago or so I got a physical, right. And I got my blood taken cause I wanted to get the lab results. Yeah. And the guy who took my lab results was like, oh, you're pretty good shape. You know, what do you like? I was, I was asking for my vitamin D. I wanted my iron. I wanted all this extra stuff. And sure. he was like, um, you know, you're in pretty good shape and everything. Like, what do you need all this for? What are you concerned about this for? And stuff. And I started talking about, like, you know, I'm fasting, and He didn't even know what it was. So keep in mind that I had a doctor doing a physical on me that wasn't even sure what fasting was. Neither did his assistant because that's when we were talking about blood pressure. We were talking about weight, all that kind of stuff. And then we we're talking about nutrition and whatnot. So it got brought up. So keep in mind, some medical doctors, one, might not know what intermittent fasting is. And two, they might be trained in a different area to where they're giving you prescriptions and other, we'll just say drugs or medications to help alleviate problems instead of talking to you about the, the main root of the issue and that's something that fasting can help with. So just because maybe that one person and or doctor wasn't trained in that area, doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't right for you. Um, it's that's one caveat. Cause I was a little surprised how just sure. a month ago I talked to a doctor who had no idea what the hell it was. And so it was yeah. Like, oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But. And honestly,
0: anecdotally, um, in some of the conversations I've had with people that work in the medical profession, it sounds like nutrition is not something that, you mm-hmm. know, gets a lot of time spent on it even in in med school and so yeah. you know they may just not have much of a background in it and that's okay right doctors are humans too right. i don't expect the doctor i go to talk to to know everything about everything. And that's okay. So. Yeah.
1: And something I've yeah. really been looking more into is more functional medicine, if you're familiar with that. Just,
0: yeah, um, yeah, I've heard some about it.
1: And I, I do believe I truly do believe and I'd like to connect the dots at some point through my future podcast is intermittent fasting helping with a lot of um, functional medicine, holistic healing and stuff like that. I, I do believe truly from the knowledge I have, they do go hand in hand on many occasions. So um, down the road, I'll I'll yeah. I'll be curious lo- to
0: hear what you learn on that. that yeah. That'd be a great topic to talk about.
1: I love conversations like this real quick. Cause yeah. I, I recently did a, a podcast on like vitamins and supplements and stuff. Do you take anything?
0: I don't, I probably should. <laughs> um, I, I kind of stopped after, you know, after I had my children, I'd been, you know, doing prenatals when I was pregnant and those ran out and I haven't gotten any more. Um, so no, I don't. And I feel like I, you know, hear two schools of thought, right. I hear people that, you know, swear by vitamins and, and supplements and all those sorts of things. And others who say that, you know, well, you're just taking it in, but maybe not in a way that your body can, can actually metabolize and use. And so is it as Mm -hmm. important as as some people say? So at this point today, no, I'm not, but that doesn't mean I won't in the future. I think it's just kind of,
1: yeah, so no. <laughs> I won out first for, I will go ahead and pop my, my episode a few weeks ago on vitamin supplements. You could listen to that for sure. Okay. I will. Dr. Kane gives like vitamins of when you should take them and what you should take it with. So it works properly, but at the end of the day, I wanted to give people who are going to kind of take your advice for inspiration to have a, just a whole picture of exactly what you're doing. So if sure. you're behind the scenes, taking all these vitamins that are helping you, right. know it. Yeah. I want them yeah. to know, you know,
0: right. And I'm not, so okay. <laughs> it's very, very simple for me. I will say though, in speaking on that, the one other thing that I do incorporate every single day, because people have asked me kind of on the exercise side, you know, what do you do? Are you like working out like crazy? And I'm not. What I do every day is I walk. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been doing. Now, I walk a lot. At this point, I'm averaging about 25,000 steps a day, which is a little more than 10 miles. So yeah, it's quite a bit, but it really has on the physical side of things really just Wow. I feel so much better, um, mm. doing that along with the intermittent fasting and the food choices, getting out one, I try to walk outside when I can, obviously we're just coming off of winter. So I spent the last few months, mostly walking indoors, but when I can walk outside, I really enjoy that to really soak up some vitamin D and get some healthy sun, but not burn because I'm pretty fair-skinned <laughs> and then, um, just get that movement in. But I think that's something that when people are looking to make a lifestyle change or, even start a diet, but think they have to incorporate exercise, but that means going to a gym or that means, you know, lifting a bunch of weights or you have to do, you know, this, you know, crazy hit workout, or, you know, what are the CrossFit or anything that's like super extreme or super hardcore that you don't have to, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just moving your body can make a difference. And I have felt that enormously from just walking. And I have started as I've lost some weight, um, to jog every once in a while or run every once in a while, but that's pretty minimal. Most mm-hmm. of the time I'm just walking and it feels great.
1: So there's probably a lot of people listening that are listening. They're like 25,000 steps. I can't do that. But like, let's just say there are people that are super busy with work and they got other responsibilities. Do you have any like tips or advice about like walking? Just get them started.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, I would say just like with intermittent fasting, right? You may be hearing me say 25,000 steps a day or fasting for 20 plus hours. That sounds like a lot. That's not where you start, right? Mm -hmm. Start off slow, set a goal for a thousand more steps tomorrow than you took today at whatever number that is, right? Maybe you're only walking 5,000 steps a day, 2000 steps a day, who knows, get up and just move a little bit more. And actually one of the techniques or tricks that I've suggested with intermittent fasting, when people have talked about in the beginning where they're struggling and hitting one of those hunger waves is I say, distract yourself, whether that's drinking water or, you know, doing something else. And I've said, get up and walk a thousand steps, uh-huh, then yep. see how you feel. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a win-win, right? Cause you get more movement in and you can kind of get yourself through that, that ride that wave, so to speak, and then move on. And so I would say start slow and set attainable goals. And I did that with my weight loss. And I did that with my walking and all of that. And even with the no added sugar, right? I didn't say that's going to be forever. I said, that's going to be for 30 days. And so start small and don't feel overwhelmed. Even when you're talking about how much weight you want to lose, I've now lost 105 pounds from my heaviest or 56 pounds in the last six months on September 1st. Was I thinking, okay, I'm going to get down to 144. That's what I have to focus on. No, I was thinking about going from, I weighed in my first day. I remember the number exactly 201.1. You know what my first goal was? To get under 200. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that was 1.2 pounds. Small victory. That was my first goal. Exactly. So it's like literally one step at a time, whether it's walking or weight loss or what you're eating, that makes the change. It's the everyday choices and the small choices you make that's going to get you there not the one offshoot day of enjoying something different or not hitting your step goal this one day. It's making the consistent choices and changes that gets you where you want to go.
1: And there's something about the power of habit too. Cause after you start something for a few weeks, it just becomes part of your routine and you feel kind of like terrible without it. It's like, I got to do this. And then like I was mentioning with a soda, like you give up soda for a few weeks after a few weeks, you don't even want it. So you just got to power through those few weeks and then giving up soda is probably going to help your health quite a bit.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that makes such a big difference because we can have, right, motivation to do a weight loss journey also is something that I feel like comes in waves, right? At the beginning, you're super high, you're super pumped, you're ready to go. And then you start down and maybe you're not losing as fast as you want or maybe you hit a bump in the road or wherever the case may be and your motivation can wane what gets you through those days of, you know, not being motivated is the habits you built Mm -hmm. because physically your body is just now trained to do something different. Right. I, for instance, in walking, you were, we were talking about walking. I don't sit down to watch TV anymore. I walk when I watch TV. So I have a stretch of about 10 feet in my living room where I walk up five or six steps and then I reverse and walk backwards five or six steps and you know, when the Super Bowl happened a few months ago, I wanted to sit down on the couch and, and hang out and eat some chips. You know, that's what went through my mind. Last year, when I watched the Super Bowl, I sat down and I ate some chips and dip and I just kind of chilled for four hours. But I didn't do that this year, not because I was motivated not to. It was because the habit that had formed of when I watch TV, I walk. Mm-hmm. That's what made the choice and the change for me that day, as opposed to the, you know, the outside motivation. Cause the outside motivation comes and goes,
1: right. It is easier. Yeah. Once you get started, it becomes part of your life. It becomes easier. I remember there mm-hmm. was times, maybe I should do this again. There's like, I do watch a lot of football and games and for all I know, and I'm sitting there all freaking day, but um yeah, like on a commercial. Austin doesn't make promises to myself when a commercial comes 20 pushups, 20 setups, And then, you know, then you go back to watching the game and it comes again before, you know, I've done a hundred push-ups and a hundred sit-ups and it's just like, it's part of your day when you're sitting around doing nothing, but you actually did something. So, yeah.
0: And that's the smallest changes you can make. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I watch a whole movie walking and I can get 12 or 15,000 steps in, in a movie, but someone listening at home may say, gosh, I don't even get 12 or 15,000 steps in, in three days. How can I go from doing what I'm doing now to that? Exactly what you said. You can, sit on the couch, get up in that commercial break and for one minute walk, Yep, yep. you know, that's the start. Then two minutes, then three minutes. It's, we have our whole lives ahead of us. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred overnight.
1: And one other thing I like doing is walking and making phone calls, whether that's, to friends a good tip or whatever right and then it's like Mm -hmm. the calls you don't want to make to your stupid internet provider and yeah all those crap utility bills you gotta pay because that sucks but you're out walking anyway so while you're on hold for 20 30 minutes you might as well get in some steps anyway so that
0: exactly that's a great idea i also listen to podcasts or music or whatever the case may be but it's yeah really it's such a great way to you can multitask for sure
1: yep well, I tell yeah, you what, impressive. Erica, you've you've been super inspiring. I don't know if there's Thank any you. other part of your story you want to share. Um, but yeah, let free. me,
0: I had jotted down some notes earlier when we were talking about doing this. So let me yes,
1: flip through real quick do. and see if
0: there's anything else I wanted to kind of mention. Because you have quite um, a
1: following, so they're all waiting to hear.
0: <laughs> yes, and they, oh my goodness, that support has been incredible. I will say in terms of support, I think that's really vital. If you're trying to do any sort of health and wellness change a weight loss protocol whatever it may be don't go it alone have support for me it's so not only having the group that i mentioned and i'm so grateful for every single one of them also having my husband my husband has been on board with this really based the way our lives are situated right now he does the majority of the meal prep for us and that takes a huge weight off of my shoulders to be able to go to work every single day he works out of the house he works mm-hmm. here and stays with our kids um so he's able to take more of that physical load of like food prepping and we're on this journey together. And that's been amazing. Had, you know, without that, it would have been much more challenging. Could I have done it? Yes. But has he made that journey easier for me? A hundred percent. And I'm so grateful for that. But even if you don't have a partner at all, or you don't have a partner that's supportive, you can still find a support group and find people that are willing to be there for you. Yes. And I would love for people to join my group because it's such a great way to just find other people who are like you, right? We have people who post all the time that say, well, I have PCOS. Have you found success losing weight with this? I have diabetes. I am in my seventies. Can I still lose weight? And just ask those questions and connect with people that are similar to them and going through similar um, seasons of life and being able to address any of those, you know, particular issues or challenges, which has been incredible. So I'll, um, I'll,
1: real quick, I will give I will yeah. give uh, people the links to all your social media. Great. we can do it at the very end. But real quick, for the, while we're talking about your group, how do you find? Yes. your
0: Yes, yeah. So my group is on Facebook. My name is Erica, spelled with just a K, so E R I K A. If you search Erica's Essential Encouragement you'll see it pop up. It is a private group. Um, so the nice part is we have kind of that safe environment so you can join it and you can see, you know, the number of members we have, but our posts are not public all over, all over Facebook, which was really important to me because I wanted people to have that safe space where they felt like they could post stuff in here that maybe they don't want, you know, grandma or aunt or random high school acquaintance seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you and can, I mean, obviously me. you can lose weight on your own if you're doing that's great, but accountability and having an accountability partner and partners, yes, that helps so much because exactly. when you're having a bad day to like get your ass out of bed and then this vice yeah. versa, when you're ready to go and they're not, get their ass out of bed. That's
0: exactly. Crazy. And we have a monthly weight loss challenge that we've been doing since I started that group. So every month since back in July of 2019, we have a monthly weight loss challenge we just in the last couple of months started a weekly step challenge, which is really fun too. And there's not like, you know, any prizes, so to speak, beyond just, you know, the kudos of of winning, yeah, but the it's prizes just, look
1: good and feel good, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and just have that accountability too, and say, you know that you committed to this 30 days or this seven day challenge. So, you know, you're holding yourself accountable and we are here too to cheer you on. And that is actually one of the rules of my group is that um We don't all have to agree, but we all have to be kind Mm -hmm. and it's centered around kindness and positivity and we're there to cheer each other on. That doesn't mean we all agree on everything or that what works for me will work for you or vice versa, but it's not going to be a place where negativity is allowed because I just, there's too much of that on the internet, so (laughs) In my space that I curated, it's not happening. Well, good. (laughs) So that's really important to me. Um, I did want to bring up, we were talking a little bit earlier about some of the um, non scale victories, even with the measurements. And so I wanted to add in some of those because I've had some people ask me about that. So One of my long-term goals in all of this was instead of an actual weight number or number on the scale was to get into normal BMI range. That was something that was really important to me. And I know that BMI is definitely not the end-all be-all when it comes to weight loss and it has plenty of flaws, but that was something where I said, this is part of my goal setting and I'm going to go toward that. So my BMI has gone from morbid obesity at 4284 And today, when I weighed in, I was in the normal range. I was at 24.85. So that is a drop of 18 points for BMI. And that was something that was um, really encouraging for me. Also, um, size-wise, I know that's another thing that people like to hear in terms of like height and weight, but then also clothing size. And that's another great way to track a non-scale victory. Mm -hmm. So I'm 5'4". I mentioned that I weighed in at 144.6 today. At my heaviest, I was wearing like a 16, 18, which was an extra large, maybe even a 2x, depending on the clothing. And today, I'm now down to comfortably a size six. Um, and then, depending on the brand, of course, it can go anywhere from, uh, you know, a small, medium, sometimes even an extra small. Just kind of depends on on you know the clothing and the material and that sort of thing. But I've noticed that big shift in my sizing and that is another kind of great non-scale victory. And so to get to swap out my whole wardrobe, that's been really exciting. Yeah. Um, I actually just recently in the group, I'm wrapping it up today, did a two-week giveaway where I gave away a bunch of my um large and extra large and 2x clothing to people in the group who are also going through these journeys. And that's one of the things that for everyone, but probably even more so for women, when you're going through a weight loss shift to go through the transition of clothing sizes, like can be Mm -hmm. a challenge and it can also be really expensive. So I have found myself shopping at secondhand stores, um, shopping clearance and sales, and then also, you know, paying it forward with giving these clothes away so that other people going through those sizes don't have to go out and spend money while they're in that in between. Um, and then energy. Oh my gosh. Like we've just kind of glazed over that earlier, but I just have so much energy. I feel so great. I think I'm honestly probably sleeping less than I used to, but I wake up more rested and just feeling ready to go. I can run around with my kids. I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so they have lots of energy. And I feel like I can like keep up now. And I'm not like winded from just chasing them around the house for five minutes. Um, I feel cold now instead of hot. I used to <laughs> always feel hot. Like I said, I'm going through menopause in my 20s and 30s because mm. I'm having hot flashes. And now I feel cold. And I think really it was just, I have a lot less insulation on my body now. And so I'm starting to feel, feel the temperature That's a little funny. bit more.
1: I didn't know women could it. feel hot because <laughs> my girlfriend you complains at my thermostat. Always feels cold. The yeah. And
0: see, I'm the other way. I was always the one that was like sweating and just felt so, so hot. And so mm. to have some relief on that has been awesome. Um, I've noticed my rings are all way too big for me now. I actually wow. got these ring sizers to help try to keep them on without getting them officially sized. Um, my shoes actually have gotten a little loose. And wow. I think that's maybe from the inflammation going down, which is a big positive side effect that can come with intermittent fasting. Um, let's see. Oh, and I obviously, because of my, um, waist size had to buy some smaller belts. So you can really see the changes when you have those kind of like tangible things sure. in front of you where it's like, wait, my belt used to be this big and now it's this big or whatever the case may be. Um,
1: I'm wondering so, yeah. how many people haven't put on their pair of pants in a year. And that's and that's a with weird thing pandemic, to say, but the rest sure. of that's, there's jeans I haven't touched in a year. Sure. I'm pretty sure they'll still fit, but there's probably a lot of people that are scared to put those pants back on. Yeah. So, that And be I amazing. will
0: say I'm so glad you brought up that that fact with with everything that's happened with the last year because I think that too for me when I started on September 1st and really kind of kicked things into into you know, overdrive, so to speak. We were about six months into the pandemic as we knew it here in the U S and I had not only hit that breaking point of, you know, the three desserts in one day that I mentioned, but I think I was at that tipping point of either the pandemic and the impact on our daily lives, not for the, not, you know, if you're sick with COVID or that sort of thing, but just the change it made to everyone's daily lives of, you know, being at home more or being in isolation, those sorts of things, either it was going to get the best of me or I was going to make the most of it. Mm. And I had a choice to make. And so I said, I can't, I can't keep going down this road anymore. And I can't let COVID and I can't let the pandemic be an excuse for me anymore. And that was just a personal choice. I had to flip that switch and say, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It has to be, I have to get something good out of this, right? If I can't make something good out of this, wow, I'm going to be in a world of hurt, you know, both mentally, emotionally, physically. So I wanted to say 2020 was a really awful year, but I was able to have a silver lining come from it.
1: That's so awesome. That's one of the reasons I created this podcast was like, I was like, this is something I want to do for a couple of years. And I was like, I refuse to let 2020 just be like a wasted year. I have to do something. And I was like, you know what, this is the year I'm going to get this started. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make something of this. I'm going to look back at 2020 and say, I did something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I and mean, it's I so look-
0: great because you're reaching all these people that you've never reached before. Oh, it's and awesome. you're just still sitting in your living room doing it. Right. It's, so it's, it's a amazing.
1: I'm like, I yeah. uh, granted, I truly hope and I believe a lot of my listeners are smarter. I know I am ridiculously smarter now from talking to you, people like you. It's, it's amazing. I take from their experiences and learn from them. Um, so of alert real quick. You mentioned BMI. I want to explain yeah. what BMI is and how do you get that measured?
0: Sure. My understanding of BMI and is very small, but my understanding of it is that it's just a ratio of your height to weight Mm -hmm. and that it really doesn't have much more factored into it than that. So of course that has so many things that aren't taken into account, right? Whether it's your, um, your body size, right? Like your bone structure or, you know, someone can have a lot of muscle on their body and that can weigh more than fat, blah, 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 blah. So it's definitely not perfect but it's something that is just a chart out there that can show you that, you know, if you have a weight between this range and this range at your given height that you're considered obese or morbidly obese or overweight or normal. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I looked up. And again, I don't pretend to be a proponent of BMI as something that you should say, this is going to be the only thing I shoot for. It's just another tool.
1: How do you measure that?
0: Um, Honestly, I just go to a BMI calculator online, but there are charts that you can find that will take your height and your weight and they intersect within okay.
1: your segment. Okay. See, the thing I love about this podcast is I love being the host because I get to ask all these questions. There are yeah. no, no stones unturned at the end of these I love conversations. It. I love it. Because I'm thinking that people probably listen, like, I can do this. I can do this. What BMI? What's that? I don't know what that is. Right. And then they don't Yes. And, and we, I
0: didn't even say if I know it. Don't even know if I said what the acronym is, but it's body mass index. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess I should be more specific.
1: Now, as, but you know what? That's one of the reasons I started this because I, yeah, so many questions I have. If you're listening to other people's podcasts, it's like I still have these questions. Now yeah. I get to ask them. We get, yeah, what's in your smoothies? What's in your pantries? What are you eating? Like I get yeah. all the good details. So, this I love is great. it. And I feel like you laid out a roadmap that people can actually use to follow. You don't have to follow to a T. But I think we have a pretty good outline of how someone can get started and be consistent with it, which is exactly what I wanted to do.
0: And I think what's important to remember is that really the simplicity of it, you can start, you know, if you're listening to us right now and you're eating, you can start after your last bite of food today. It's that simple. You need nothing else, Mm -hmm. right? You need nothing else. You stop eating and then you're in your fasting and then you start eating again the next day you that's eat so you fast you eat um and-, and i'm a big proponent i know i brought that up but a big proponent of the of the clean fasting i think that's you know really important obviously there are different schools of thought on that but mm-hmm. from the research i've done it seems like that is um that's that's the way of fasting that that works for me. And that I think, you know, makes the most sense for most people. Exactly. Um, again, I'm not an expert. That's just my two cents, but I mean,
1: I was just going to say that it's kind of, it is what you make out of it. You know, if you're going to start fasting and you want to still eat hot dogs, pizzas, and burgers all the time, sure. I, mean, I guess you can do that. There might be some benefits from it, but if you really want to make a lifestyle change, come eat healthy too, you know, like be a little more conscious of what you're putting in your body and that you'll really start seeing the results.
0: Right. And I think it, I definitely believe that it is so much more than just calories in calories out, Mm -hmm. but, you know, food choices and, you know, the nutrients that come from those foods obviously still matter, right? That still is something that you have to keep in mind. But on this, on the other hand, right? A hundred calories of broccoli and a hundred calories of Skittles are not going to give you your body the same thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm so it's not just that simple but it's also something to to take into account. But yeah, you had asked about deprivation earlier. And I think that's so important to remember because seriously, for the last, I think two months, we have had tacos every Sunday night. And these (laughs) things are like amazing tacos with like, you know, rice and beans and lettuce and cheese and all this delicious stuff. And probably on a kind of standard diet that I've been on in -hmm. my life before, I would have never touched a taco. Right. On my taco Sundays that I have, I eat four of those things. Yeah. So I'm not not eating. And I think some people think they hear that word fasting and that means you're not eating. Right. Oh, believe me, I eat. I promise you, I eat.
1: (laughs) That's, That's awesome. Yeah. Because I know like the mindset is like when you're on a diet, and you have some tacos. You have a piece of cake. You're like, oh my god, I shouldn't do this. Oh my god, you know right. it's terrible. Right. On fasting. That you're guilt. like, you're like, f this. I kicked ass this morning. I burned fat mm-hmm. already. I'm okay to have this. And then yeah. tomorrow I'll kick ass again. It's what a different mindset it is. It's a huge exactly,
0: difference. yeah. And it's one day at a time. I really like to look at it as simply as that. Like what I did yesterday doesn't matter. What mm-hmm. I do tomorrow doesn't matter. In the moment that I'm in, what matters is the choice I make right now. And mm-hmm. I think the mindset is so important. And then actually something that I did start, I was going to bring this up just briefly. I did start, um, on new year's day of 2021, I started gratitude journaling and I do just one sentence a day. It's one of these journals that you can buy online that just literally has three lines. So you can only write basically one thought a day. Hmm. And I knew I couldn't commit to journaling for 20 or 30 minutes a day. I just don't have that time with two little kids, but I can jot down one sentence per day. And that's been a nice kind of addition to all of this. Not only have I kind of tracked my intermittent fasting and weight loss progress within that gratitude journal, but it's also just shifted my mind even more kind of like put it in hyper-focus of like what I'm grateful for and how that impacts me, not only mentally and emotionally, but physically on those days that I kind of let that wave of gratitude go over me. It's just a better day, you know, and that just yeah. makes fasting easier. That makes everything better.
1: This is awesome because I see like your day is filled with progress and positivity, and yes. that's every day. If you can stack that every day, wow, what a it's a great week. It's a great yeah. month, and then yeah. it's like a great year. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. It's your mindset. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so and cool. to be
0: clear though, there are days that are tough. And actually, just a couple of weeks ago, I used my group and I posted in there and I said, "I'm having a tough day." Mm. Can you share with me some words of encouragement to lift me up? Mm. And so many people were so gracious with their time and wrote messages to me in that thread and then a few people actually said, "Thank you for being vulnerable and mm. showing us that, you know, you're not always, you know, perfect and bubbly and perky and positive all the time, you know." And I'm not. One of the ways I describe myself in the about me section of that group is that I am a perpetual pessimist. So mm. to be positive, is an active choice I have to make every single day. And there are days that I can't choose it. I like, it's so hard for me to choose it. It's a challenge, Mm. but it's something that I'm working on and I'm building and growing every single day. And I do think I have more days where I'm positive than I am pessimistic now, but that's that's been a big shift. And that's not something that comes naturally to my personality. Mm. So I think that's something to remember that all of these are choices, right? You don't have to be naturally positive. You don't have to be naturally driven, right? Or motivated. You can find those from different sources and bring them in, but you have to make the choice, right? The choice is yours. Mm -hmm. You have to flip the switch, Mm -hmm. but everything else is you can find it, you know?
1: Thank you so much. I mean, now I'm going to thank you for being vulnerable. So thank you. Yeah. And I honestly, like I've learned so much from this. I'm sure the listeners will learn so much from this. i hope your followers learn so much from this. They're going to know so much about you. I and, appreciate it. And now they know the details, you know, yeah. like I'm really it's hoping, right. Even if they take like what's in your smoothie and they don't take anything else from this, like that's probably going to help someone be healthier. So any, all these little breadcrumbs, you kind of gave them throughout your day and what you yeah. do can be super helpful to anybody listening to this. So that well, was, well,
0: thank you, Ryan. Well. I super appreciate your time. I'm glad that you reached out to me and yeah, me that's too. been one of the most incredible parts about this journey is interacting and meeting people that honestly, I probably never would have met otherwise, 100%. whether it's in this group or from sharing my journey really out there publicly on my on my different pages has been really great
1: we've we have both met each other and awesome other amazing people just by putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable so i highly yeah. recommend that for people too i know it's scary but it does pay yeah pretty yeah early.
0: it's a leap of faith and you might get some haters along the way too and that's okay you just brush them to the side use so. it as motivation
1: <laughs> yeah just exactly show you. exactly yeah. well real quick before we let you go where can people find you and follow your journeys
0: Sure. I know we haven't really talked about it much, but my job is as a TV news anchor. And so I have a professional Facebook page that I post on not only about news, but I also share about my family, about my weight loss journey, lots of different things there. So you can search five news, just the numeral five and news is all capital five news, Erica Thomas, and that's my professional Facebook page. And then that, Facebook group, Erica's Essential Encouragement, if you'd like to join that to focus on kind of health and wellness and those sorts of things. I keep most of my weight loss journey and health and wellness stuff focused in that group. And then just every so often, I'll share bigger milestones over on my main page, because that is also focused on local news and, and other things on that page. So that kind of covers everything. And then the encouragement group is more kind of targeted, so to speak. And then I'm also on Twitter, if you want to follow me there, just at 5 News Erica. And you can message me directly on the five news, Erica Thomas page. So some people don't want to put their journeys out there publicly, but they just want to have a one-on-one conversation. And I'm happy to do that. And I do it every single day with lots of different people. And that really fulfills me too. I love having those one-on-one conversations as well.
1: Yeah. I'm proof. I mean, that's how this gets started. Thank so. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's you been go. great. This is awesome. <laughs> and like I said, I'll post all links of everything you've mentioned, whether it's what you eat, your social pages, all in the show notes. Perfect. Um, My website is currently being constructed. I know I've been saying that in a few episodes now, but you can find me at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast on Instagram. I'll post all the links on there as well. And Erica, this has honestly been awesome. I'm so glad that I'm in a position where I can ask all these questions and learn so much from you. So Awesome. And you
0: flip the switch on me because usually I'm the one asking questions as a journalist
1: so it's ah, it's been a joy
0: to answer them this time.
1: Super cool, super cool. I'm glad I can do that And once again thank you so much. I appreciate it and uh, we'll have to link back up in the in the near future. And we'll have to do this again to kind of see maybe what kind of tweaks or changes and how you're doing and how your journey's still going. So
0: I would love that. My year anniversary will be in September, so maybe we Let's can do set it. that as a target date. Let's that would it. be great. Let's thank you it. for your time, Ryan. I appreciate it.
1: Erica, thank you so much. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed Erica's story. If you enjoyed this story and or any other podcast conversation I've had, please leave a review. And the website of of thepursuitofhappinesspodcast.com is coming very soon where you'll find this episode and all other episodes, future and past, with all the show notes and hyperlinks that you can click on for easy access. So Once again, thank you, and I'll catch you next time on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.